water into wine to the hungry calleth now come and dine years ago when I was pastor at Park Ridge Baptist Church our music director was a paid man and uh, we had a music director uh, I forgot his name there's another church called him to be their pastor what was that man's name? L.G. Hornsby L.G. Hornsby yes L.G. Hornsby was our music director and so Jordan Baptist Church called him to be their pastor. Well, we set out to find us another music director. Danny was just a teenage boy. He came to me and he said, Danny, let me try out that job. I think I can do that. Well, I said, well, there'd be no pay. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's almost how it happened. Huh? That's almost how it happened. <laughs> the thing is, you came to me. I didn't go to you, you came to me. And you said, you've got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, Danny actually turned out to be pretty good. Uh, Danny's a, a pretty good music director. I, I appreciate having him and uh, the crowd. Alright. My sermon subject is not in the bulletin. Now, how it didn't get in the bulletin, I don't know, but uh, I guess I didn't get it in there fast enough. But it's self-examination. Now, in case that happens again next week, it's going to be the same thing except to put a two at the back of it. This is self-examination one. Now, next week, the Lord willing, I'll be speaking to you on the same subject. Self-examination two. And my text is 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses 5 and 6, where it reads, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that you shall know that you're not reprobates. <clears throat> now turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to start reading with verse number 5. Matthew chapter 7. 
1 through 5. Judge not that ye be not judged, but with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou <laughs> hypocrite! First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou, uh, then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under your feet, and turn again and rend you. <clears throat> the Holy Scriptures do not need to exhort us to examine others human nature seems to have a tendency to take care of that <clears throat> uh, we're willing to overlook things in our own life but we wouldn't look over someone else Jesus exhorts us in Matthew chapter 7. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, you shall, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And, uh, I just read that. The emphasis in the whole scripture is more on the examining of ourselves rather than others. Now, this is evidenced not only in our present text here in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, but in various other places. Like, for instance, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, But let a man examine himself. And then Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 4, we read, But let every man prove or examine his own work. In other words, look at yourself. And then Lamentation, chapter 3 and verse 440. Let us search and try or examine our ways and turn again back to the Lord. So self-examination will always reveal to us the need to draw closer to the Lord. 
I have five questions that should be helpful to us in our own personal self-examination. Number one, do I truly love the Lord my God with every fiber of my being? Do I truly love the Lord my God with every fiber of my being? Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Am I in compliance with this commandment or am I instead in love with myself and with the world and with the things of the world? In 1 John Chapter 2, verse 15 I read, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. I tell you one thing, we do love the world a whole lot. Is it time for me to return to my first love? Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat to say against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Jesus said, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. How much would the world love me? How much would the world, the, the Lord love me if He loved me according to my love and my devotion to Him? How much would the, the Lord love me if I loved Him if He loved me according to the amount of love that I give to Him, wouldn't be much. Wouldn't be much. Do I truly love the Lord my God with every fiber of my being? I wish I could say yes, but I don't. I want to say that I love the Lord. In my prayers... Many times I pray and I say something like this, Lord, I love You. You know that I love You. I don't love You like You love me. But I love You. I thank God that the Lord's love for me never wavers. But I'm afraid my love for Him, it's up and it's down 
and it's weak and sometimes you wonder where it is. Do I truly love the Lord my God every fiber of my being? I wish we could say yes, but we can't. But we can pray, Lord, help me to love you like I ought to. Help me to love you like I ought to. Then number two, do I truly love my fellow man as I love myself? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22 and verse 39. After identifying the first and great commandment, here we find that Jesus continued and the second is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, he does not have to exhort us to love ourselves. Ephesians 5.29 For no one ever hated his own flesh. Oh, we... We're pretty well much in love with ourselves. But he needs to exhort us to love our neighbor. Do I obey his command to, in Matthew 5, verse 43 through 48, love your neighbor, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I have to pray sometimes, Lord, I know I'm supposed to love this individual, but Lord, I need help. Help me in loving this individual. Sometimes it's a brother or a sister in Christ. Lord, help me to love them. I'm told to love them. Am I truly as considerate of others as I am of myself? Well, I look out after old Doug King. I tell you that right now. But may God help me to be as considerate of others. As I, am I as concerned about the spiritual condition of others as I am of myself? Oh, I try to look out after myself. Try to help me, help myself not getting too much of a backslidden condition. But help me to try to watch out after myself. Be sure I read the Scriptures. Spend some time in prayer. But I have to pray for others as well. In what ways, in what degree, would I be loved by others if they loved me the same way that I love them? Oh, may God help us to love others.
Some people are not as easy to love as others. I know that the Bible teaches me that we love one another. And I've prayed many times, Lord, here's a man, here's a woman, I know I'm supposed to love him. Lord, help me to love this individual, this man, this woman. Some people are not as easy to love as others. Some people are not as easy to get along with as others. Sometimes I'm not as easy to get along with. Thank you when you pray and ask the Lord to help you to love me. From time to time I may find myself praying, Lord help me to love you. But we're supposed to love each other. God help us to do it. To love each other. I'm to love you. And uh, you to love me. Now then, number three, am I truly trusting in God's grace and His Christ alone for all of my salvation? Am I truly trusting in God's grace and His Christ alone for all of my salvation? You'd be surprised to folks what they trust for their salvation. Not everybody believes on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. They would think that they're saved and they're on their way to heaven. Recently, I had occasion to ask a lady question. She was doing therapy on my feet. And in the course of our conversation, one of those sessions, I asked her a question about if you were to die, where do you suppose you'd go? And she told me she'd go to heaven. She believed she'd go to heaven. And I asked her, I said, what do you base that on? And you know what? I was amazed. But she told me that she's a good person. First thing popped in my mind, there's none good, no, not one. But first thing she said, I'm a good person. And I'm sure she is a good person. And she no doubt does a lot of good work. She does a lot of good things. And I quoted her scripture. I said, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. 
And that not of yourselves is the gift of God. And she said to me, she said, Jill, I never heard that before. I didn't know it at the time, but I understood later that she was a Muslim. Well, <clears throat> Muslim or not, the Bible says except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. you got to be born again. Now then, number three, am I truly trusting in God's grace and His grace alone for all of my salvation? Have I already hit that? I guess not. Do I truly believe salvation is by God's grace alone through God-given faith alone in Christ? Do I instead believe my own works? Well, heavenly, I hope not. Or an act of my free will and had anything to do in saving me. A lot of people have got the idea got to get baptized get saved then they get baptized and say I'm saved now I've been baptized you know what I got a feeling that hell's going to have its portion of people that had been baptized but they were never saved a lot of people been baptized but never saved. Some people got the idea that they were saved because they were baptized when they were a baby. And you know they still do that today. There are babies being born today in 2024 and they'll have that baby baptized shortly after his birth. Some preacher will come and sprinkle some water on that baby's head, get that baby wet, and maybe get him to cry or something like that. And they say, oh, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that... Uh, all it is, maybe upset the baby. That baby's no more saved than nothing. He's safe because of his age. He's just an infant. If that child should die, he'd go be with the Lord because he's still an infant. But when he grows up, run, learns right from wrong and so on, he must be born again. He must hear the Gospel of Christ. It's important that we preach the gospel. Spurgeon said, Ere a child reaches seven, teach him well the way to heaven. Better still, the work will thrive if he learns before he's five. So it's good. We're raising children to pray with them 
at mealtime. Be feeding the little children, feeding them. Pray with them. I recommend if you have children, <laughs> look what I'm preaching to. If you have children, have what I call family devotion. Read the Bible to them. Pray with them before they go to bed. And do it every day. All the days of their life. Danny sits back there. You talk to Danny and Danny will have to tell you if he's honest. From his earliest memories in his life. We've always had family devotion in our house. Every night before we go to bed. We turn the television set off. And we read the Bible. And we pray before we went to bed. Danny don't know what it is. Go to the table. Have breakfast. Or lunch, or dinner, <clears throat> but what we pray before we eat—that's all he's ever known. That's all we've ever done. They don't be like animals; just sit down and start eating. I remember we had a dog named Butch. When food went, put food out there from the butch. Old butch went to the food, went right into it. Never stopped long enough to pray. Butch didn't know how to pray. We supposed to know how to pray. Oh, may God help us to be God-fearing people. Is my salvation grounded upon the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't believe I'm saved by being good because I'm not good. I don't believe I'm saved because I read the Bible. That's not the way to get saved. I'm not saved because I pray. That's not the, that's not the way to get saved. I'm not saved because I go to church. Oh, that's good. But that don't save you. Saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Is God's imputed righteousness received through faith alone in Him? My only righteousness... My only righteousness. That's the way it's got to be. My only righteousness is God's imputed righteousness. You and I don't have any righteousness. If you're saved at all, all you have is the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because you don't have any. We don't have any righteousness. 
do I instead profess a worthless personal self-righteousness obtained and of myself. This self-righteousness is not worth a flip. Some people think they're good because they do good works. Good works don't save you. Is Christ my only mediator? Or am I instead seeking access to God through some other means? That's the reason when I pray, you'll notice that most every time when I close a prayer, I will say, in Jesus' name, Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, sometimes you hear people say something else. Uh, I don't know what to do. But how can you pray any other way? But my prayer is always in Jesus' name. I pray in and through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is my access to the Father. And so I pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And in Jesus' name, amen. My access to the Father is in Jesus Christ. Is Jesus my only mediator? Yes, He is. He surely is. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Me. There's no other way to the Father but through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I want you to notice next that it's a question. What would the world think of Christianity if my life were the standard by which it is judged? Ephesians chapter 5. What would the world think of Christianity if my life were the standard by which it is judged? <clears throat> Question is, do I, act, do I act like a child of God all the time? Certainly ought to. Do I act like a safe person all the time? You ought to. Do you imitate the Lord? Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 1 and following. The Bible reads this. It's Ephesians 5 verse 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But 
fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger or unclean person or covetous man who is an adulterer hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. Do others see the Lord Jesus Christ in me because I imitate the Lord Jesus? 1 Corinthians 11 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Be ye followers of me, as I am also of Christ. Be ye followers, Paul speaking here, even as I am of Christ, followers of the Lord Jesus, I exhort pure and undefiled religion, or is it my religion? Pure and undefiled religion. That's the kind of religion we ought to have. Pure and undefiled is what we ought to have. James chapter 1 and verse 26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Live right, do right. Pure religion and undefiled. May that be what we have, the kind of life that we live. And then in Acts chapter 11, would this world know me to be a Christian if I, did not, if I did not say I am a Christian? Would the world know me to be a Christian if I didn't first tell them that I am a Christian? Acts chapter 11 verse 26 says, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. You're called a Christian because of the way you act. Because of where you live. Now, how many people, this is going to be my last one, how many people would be told about the Lord and His Gospel if every Christian told as many people as I do? Boy, I tell you what, that's getting home, isn't it? 
Have I confessed the Lord Jesus Christ before men in baptism? I haven't had anybody like that much. No new professions. But <clears throat> been times we've seen somebody made profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't get baptized for one reason or another. They didn't get baptized. I remember one time we had a revival meeting. Brother T.B. Freeman was our speaker. And he had held more than one revival meeting for us when I was at Park Ridge. One year, there was a, an individual, I can't remember now if it was a man or a woman, but the concern they was having problems in their life and things didn't go well. I prayed with them and so on, but Brother Freeman was with us at the time preaching a revival meeting. I said, let's speak to Brother Freeman. So it went to Brother Freeman and he said, well, let's begin at the beginning and tell us about when you got saved. And the individual told him, said, it was when you were here in revival meeting and uh, they got saved. And then Brother Freeman pointed out and said, well, well, after that then you got baptized. And said, no, I, I, I've never been baptized. Brother Freeman said, oh, I think maybe we found the problem. Missed, you missed the first step out of the boat. First thing you should have done is get baptized. But they hadn't got baptized. Well, I guess they took care of that. But anyway, it's important for us to do what you know that you ought to do. You get saved, thank God. Then you get baptized. Thank the Lord for that. You become a member of the church and serve Him. Read your Bible. Pray. Attend the services. And do it all the time. Do it all the time. Here we are. This is, I think, today's the seventh day of 2024. I hope it can already be said of you that you've read the Scriptures for the last seven days. You read it the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth, and today. <coughs> now, if you've missed somewhere along the line, I'd encourage you to go back and correct that. And pick up where you left off. Get back at it. But be faithful. Serve the Lord faithfully. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Attend every service that you possibly can.
God knows what you can do and what you can't do. But be faithful in doing. Be faithful in serving the Lord. And then, do I daily confess or deny Christ before men? Matthew 10, verse 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father. Be careful to let me made known who you are. You serve the Lord. Do I obey Christ's command? Over the door, <clears throat> I read one time at a place, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. That would be a good thing for us to put up over our door if we could. Mark 5, 19. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Is it said of me as it were said of the woman at Jacob's well that many believed on him as on Christ for because of the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all things that ever I did. He told me all things that ever I did. Oh, thank God, what a Savior we've got. Will you resolve in your heart today, by the grace of God in this year, 2024. Try to be faithful and witness for the Lord every opportunity that you have. We're not too good at it, but I'll tell you one thing, it'd be good when you have an opportunity, give a gospel track to whomever you can. We don't have a lot. But I'd encourage you, when you have an opportunity, pass that gospel tract to whomever you can. Attend all the services. Be like Chuck, James, and Dorothy. Attend all the services. That is, attend all the services that you can at least. You may not be a Chuck James or a Dorothy, but the least you can do is attend all of the services that you can. And then, try to read your Bible through in 2024. You may not have read a verse yet. But if you wanted to read your Bible through in 2024, you could start now. It'd take you a little time, but you could catch up. <coughs> By the grace of God, I set an example to you. By the grace of God, I read the Bible through every year. 
And where I am in 2024, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm not one to get ahead. I don't ever try to get a day ahead. I read today. And at the end of the year, when I at the last day of the year, by the grace of God, I read the last chapters in the Bible. Because that's where I'm that's where I am. Now I have been caught a time or two because of sickness that I didn't read. Man, I don't like being sick and getting behind two or three or four days. For me to get behind, it takes me forever to get caught back up. I don't like missing a day and reading the Scriptures. How is it that I am able, and I do it year after year, how is it that I am able to read the Bible through every year? Joanne, I do it every day. And when do I do it every day? I do not wait till after breakfast. I do not wait till Ramona gets out of bed. Because Ramona has got to do this, do that, go there. Honeydews will keep me from doing what I need to be doing. So I catch her before she gets out of bed. And I do my reading and most of my praying before she gets out of bed. That way she don't have things to... No, I don't mean that. I'm just talking now. But my point is, if, especially if you're going to read the Bible, you better get on it. Because if you don't get on it, I'll guarantee you right now, old smutty face will have you so busy you don't have time. And you'll come to the end of the day and you've gone to bed and you realize, well, I never read Scripture today. Yeah. that's because you missed it the first thing get it first thing in the morning read the Bible first thing in the morning and then I would like to encourage you also tithe of your income whatever it is tithe of your income I would encourage you this If you got little children and they are given a dollar or whatever, encourage them that they should tithe their income. Learn to tithe 10 cents of that dollar. Give that to the Lord. Teach them early in life. Teach them early in life. Tithe their income. Well, <clears throat> and given to missions. That's, insane. That's something else I'd encourage you to do. I encourage you uh, to give 
tithe of your income. Um, some people don't know what that's all about. But you ought to, you ought to be something. Every time the Lord blesses you with income, at least 10% belongs to the Lord. They say, oh, preacher, you're just acting the money. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something, folks. The Lord's church always gets along fat. God don't need your money. He don't need my money. But I tell you what, I sure do need the blessing of the Lord. I need the blessing of the Lord. Let's all stand, if you would, please. And uh, Brother Leon Arthur, would you lead us in our closing prayer, please? <clears throat> Father, thank you for this day that you've given us, and thank you for your goodness and mercy. Most of all, Lord, thank you for Christ and what he means to us. Pray for those who are sick and afflicted. God has lead us through the remainder of this day, and we'll praise you for we've asked it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.